0: My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a 50 year old grey haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modeling and on social media I found so many women inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you. So let's celebrate and firmly place the spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. Welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bowl podcast. I hope you are all well this week we are talking about career changes pretty big career changes it's something that's not uncommon talking about on out of the bubble podcast is what this podcast is all about sharing these stories of reinvention life after 40 and showing other women that it's never too late to try new things minreet core today's guest knows all about that minreet is an award-winning media journalist she's worked with sky bbc She's known for sharing her stories of what it's like being a midlife Sikh woman. And she is very vocal about all her different issues that she's come across in life. I love following her. What's interesting is watching the last couple of years of how through the pandemic, she has now changed careers and pivoted um, in a direction that she could never have foreseen to now becoming a swimming instructor. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about what sparked this inspiration and how she feels about this change in midlife. Grab a coffee and enjoy. So good morning, Minri. It's lovely to have you on the podcast today.
1: Morning. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, we've been talking just, just before we've gone live. And you know, so you're know, you somebody that I've been following on Instagram for years now and love some of the stories that you've covered, which we're going to get into. And in the middle of all that, you've, you've changed careers. Uh, which is really interesting. So, as soon as I saw that, I was like, right, I've got to get Minerita to come and talk to the ladies.
1: <laughs> so how do you describe yourself now to people? Because you've got lots of different hats. Oh, gosh, that's a really good question, actually. I haven't been asked that question. So, <laughs> so I think if I do get asked that question, I think, you know, I'm still a freelance journalist slash swimming teacher, you know, soon to be teaching swimming, basically, because I'm just waiting for that last bit of theory to be cleared and to and obviously by the time this probably airs I will be qualified but yeah yeah freelance journalist slash swimming teacher I think which is just really strange thinking about that because actually I haven't been asked that. <laughs> Saying it out loud makes it feel more real I guess. Yeah, and I think what's really funny is the two go hand in hand, because as a freelance journalist, I'm going to meet all these women and maybe even men as well who want to learn to swim, but they're all going to have stories. So I think in a way it's going to make that whole, you know, that just that career that I was trying to pursue in journalism, which was such a, it was so tough for me. I feel like this is just going to fall into place. People are going to trust me with their stories. You know, I'll get first-hand stories, probably access to to communities that we don't hear from so all the things that I've been kind of really working hard towards and trying to do more of I think it's just going to fall into place now with the swimming which is really nice
0: yeah I agree and I'm a real believer in that things fall into place at the right time in life so everything that you've done up to this leads you to this moment for anyone that doesn't know your kind of journalistic background let's start there because you you know you're a award-winning journalist you've been freelancing but You've had some, you've covered some amazing things and obviously with your uh, father doing the the, the, the skipping, the uh, you know, that went viral. So let's talk about that bit before we lead on to what caused the change.
1: Yeah, so um, I've always wanted to to get into the media from a really young age, but obviously being a woman of colour, I've never really thought that I would ever make it. And my parents have always said to me when I was younger, why don't you apply to Blue Peter? And I never did because I just think i didn't have the interest because i just never thought i'd get anywhere so when i was working in the corporate world as a, as a marketing person um, i didn't really enjoy it and i didn't really feel that there was any there was nothing there I, was, I wasn't doing anything for anyone you're just basically helping and i worked in the pharmaceutical world which we know now with the covid and the vaccine you know it's all about really it is just about making money for themselves the companies want to grow every the economy everything that's going on right now it's about making that money for businesses it's not about people and I didn't really enjoy that. I've always, as a Sikh, one of the most important things for us is selfless service, which is service to others. And you put others before yourself. Um, and I've been brought up like that. So, you know, for me, when I start, when I I think it was in 2017, I just had enough of my career. And, you know, I, I'd gone through this, I'd gone through a divorce like 11 years then, I think, or, or longer. A divorce in 2009, whatever that works out to be. I've, I've forgotten about how many years it is. But I think I was just like, I'm, I'm not happy with the fact that where I'm working, because that doesn't help. So I decided, and I think at the time I reached out to the BBC online and I, you know, I still can't remember what happened. But what I do know is whoever it was that I reached out to replied and said, why don't you contact this person? And it was through that contact that I spoke to somebody at the BBC and I just said, you know, I'd like to help you being more diverse. And that was it. I was like, how can I help you rather than this is what, you know, this is what I'm looking for. Because actually at that time, I wasn't really looking to get into the BBC. I just wanted to help them with their stories and content and getting more still from the Sikh community out there because I don't really see much from my community and it was when I met the editor from that local radio station he said well what what do you want to do where do you want to be and no one's really asked me that and I thought that was really sweet from somebody who's English you know who's actually looking at someone like myself and giving me the opportunity to answer what I'm looking for and I said well actually I would love to work for the BBC and that was it you know I, I came in as a freelancer I got my foot in the door but it was a real struggle so in 2018 I was there but it's really hard even though I'd done lots of bits and pieces I did a piece for the one show Sunday morning live Newsround, um inside out I still feel that I hadn't wasn't getting anywhere so when COVID hit obviously it it was devastating and it was it's been so hard for so many people I'd lost all work but what I didn't know is that I would get report win report of the year that the award winning journalist and the award that I got would be from my father you know they always say that there's a story and it's under your nose you just have to find it I had no intention. I mean, that skipping video that I did of my dad at the allotment was actually just to get South Asians off the sofa. I was bored of people doing push-up challenges. And I thought, let's do something completely different because a skipping rope is something that's, that you can find at home. And yeah, so I filmed my dad at the allotment and that just went viral. And I never thought that. For me, even today, I'm just like, how can a skipping video go so far? You know, and like my dad's got six 6,500 followers on Instagram. I started that page in lockdown I've had my Instagram page for God knows how many years and I'm only sitting at four and something thousand. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not about followers, but it is when your dad has inspired so many and, you know, he's he's not behind that social media I am and I've got to manage his account on my own. And I, I just think it's amazing. I mean, I just think it's so amazing how I feel really happy that in the pandemic, I was able to do something and my family were able to do something to give back, to get people active. And that for me is something that will stay with me for life because they say, you know, you want to leave a legacy and I feel my dad's done that you know this is something that will never be forgotten in years to come you know that skipping seat the man you know that stood out and skipping at the age of you know 73 at the time and then did his first full marathon so that that it just literally just it was a really spontaneous idea and it went so far and I think that then changed my thinking around the media because you know, they're always saying we want to be diverse. We want this, we want that. But actually they don't really want any of that because they rejected my dad's story at the time. You know, they said, oh, it, it's not to... yeah, so I had to push for it. But the good thing is I'm glad that they did because it made me realize I don't need the media. I'll just use social media. And that's where Rachel, I think you started following me and I use my social media to the best of my ability. And even now I don't rely on the media. I rely on my own social media because actually I want people following me that are inspired by the content that we put out there and it's helping them. I'm not really, the world is a much bigger place than any mainstream media, the world, right? And I feel I connect with the world. People from all over the world contact me and my father, even my mum. And I think that 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 made me really realise that actually you don't really need the media anymore. You just need to connect to the right people. And those people could be anywhere in the world. And imagine how big your reach could be if you do the right thing and you're doing something for others. And that's it. So then I think that's where my journey went into fitness and you know and, and everything else like the swimming all just came off the back of that skipping video and how health and faith were two very important things in the pandemic and they were very important for me and they helped me through.
0: Yeah and I mean it's this, this an amazing story like I'll, I'll share the links obviously to, to that skip that initial skipping video but I think you're so right this thing, you know, the social media platform has given so many um, so many people normal people that all have stories to, to share the platform
1: to do it that wouldn't no- normally have their voices heard, which I think is really empowering, isn't it? Definitely. And I think that's it, actually, is it's the voices, you know, giving a voice to the voiceless people that we don't hear from. And they, you know, some people have got amazing stories and they don't even make it to mainstream media. And it's so, and that's something I'm really passionate about. I want to be able to use the fact that now people know me as, a, you know, the daughter of the skipping seat. I want to be able to help people that didn't have a voice because I was that person. I didn't have a voice. Yeah. And for so long, you know, I've, changed careers late in my 30s to try and get into the media and you know after two years of trying i just thought if i feel like this and i feel so run down it's affecting my mental health i can't imagine how people before me have felt and given up how people after me are going to try and probably give up. And I just thought, well, if I can help by sharing their story. So now what I do is I focus more on the human interest stories. So, you know, I've built a relationship with the right publications who, you know, commission my stories. I now get individual stories. And this and it's so much better than me just knocking on that door of, oh, I really want to present and report. Because if I can give a voice to somebody else and I can write that story, that's still journalism. We're still sharing a story. It might be a written story. But I think people... With reading an article, you can read it in your own time. With TV, you have to watch it, or you're rough. When are you ever going to go back to watch it when everyone's watching and what they want to watch? So yeah, so I think in a way it's worked out better for me. I still get to share the stories. Actually, I get to share the stories. Not even I still. I get to share the stories that I want to share, which is giving a voice to those. That haven't got anyone else to go to and they trust me and i think that means so much more If somebody's got such an interesting and juicy story which is what the media want well they're not going to trust you they're going to come to me that says a lot if people can trust me and talk to me you know what and they give me their story then great i'm not constantly fighting that battle with the media or I'll give me a break because actually if you want that story they're going to speak to me and not you so you know it's just about turning it around because i was really run down in the ground by the media i really feel that you know this whole thing of diversity, women of color. I do feel I've had to work twice as hard. I really have to, and I'm still not I haven't had that break. So that's why I took a bit of a change in my career, which just was good for my mental health.
0: Yeah, and, and people talk about talk about these issues as if it's all resolved now, and that actually it's all those yeah. tick boxes that will be sussed out, and that's just rubbish, isn't it? Because actually, no, it is. You, you know, know. It's just it's still got a long, long way to go.
1: Yeah, that's I thing because I felt like Rachel. You know, if if my you know if if my dad he was just as much out there, right? Maybe I mean he could have had a lot more coverage, as people said. But even still, if that doesn't help to show the kind of caliber of work and contacts and story ideas that we have as a family, and that's not going to help me get a break and be that rep- that person that represents my community, because they're going to make it so hard for you, because actually you need X, Y, Z. I'm just like, oh, forget it. Because I, you know, I, I even I was even studying a journalism qualification. In the pandemic, which I passed So it's like, well, what more can you do? You've got the experience You won report of the year You did something amazing in the pandemic, right? Which was on all the mainstream channels Then you're like, oh, hold on a minute Something needs to change And actually, do you know what, Rachel? I I never thought I'd say this But the swimming for me is a breath of fresh air I actually thought And I can say this now because I was having this conversation with my mum yesterday. I was a bit like, oh, do you know what? Do I really want to do my level two? Is this really for me? I'm not going to enjoy it. But I tell you something. Oh my God, I feel the swimming is like an addiction. Just even me getting in the pool and doing dives and tumble turns. It's not even the swimming. It's not the lane by lane swimming. It's the stuff that you did did as a child, which I don't think I did do and I was even learned to do or I just wasn't interested. I'm doing it now and my mum wants to learn. She's in her 70s and then really? all my community are like, oh, the, the, you just, and you think, actually, oh my God, the swimming is a break from the journalism. Not even, I'm not even thinking about stories anymore. I just can't wait to get into the pool and think, well, I want to practice. It's just so funny how it was a struggle to do that level two. I felt like my heart wasn't in it and my mum said, just do it. And you're going to feel very different. And I was like, "Thank God that my mum pushed me," because I do feel very different. I feel like there are so many things that I want to learn in swimming that I never learned before. And I just find it—I just find it like I do feel like I'm a kid again, and I love that.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I love that. And there's something. You know, what even sparked this off? Because you know, you—it seems to me you had got to the point where you'd won awards and you were doing, you know, things had progressed, and you got into a place where you were comfortable sharing your own platform, and then yeah. swimming came That's... into your life.
1: How did how did that happen? So what happened was when I was um, constantly knocking on doors, trying to get a job, applying to jobs, getting lots of rejections, even though my stories were out there, I was still freelancing. And that was hard because every day for me as a freelancer, you are working. Not that you're paid, but you're working because you're thinking of stories. Because if you don't get a story commissioned, you're not paid. And actually, even if you get a story commissioned, you're still not paid until that's published. So I got to a point where it was really difficult. I thought this is just seven days a week. I don't switch off because all I'm thinking about is what's my next story. I've got to find a story. And it was just getting too much. I went to meet a friend of mine um, for lunch and she's in her 50s. And she had said to me, you know, I was talking to her about work and just saying how frustrating it is that I can't find a full-time job. And so she said... Ever thought about like the fitness stuff that you're doing? I think you should take that forward because it's really inspiring. Um, And maybe you should look to become a swimming teacher because I've just learned swimming in my fifties. And she goes, you know, I never learned when I was younger, and I know so many other Asian women who haven't learned to swim because of fear, anxiety, and you know, lots of things. haven't felt comfortable wearing their swimwear and just lots of things around. You know, it's kind of, I feel like it's a bit of a taboo in a way. Like it's not really talked about. Swimming is not really promoted very well in the Asian community. So she said, have you thought about it? I said, not really. She goes, well, I'm going to leave you with that task. Go away and look at it. And come back to me and I did and I happened to find um, Triton Training who help if you're not working and you're on universal credit and I was at that time because I wasn't in a full time job um, they help you to get up they give you a bursary for level for towards a level one level two so you have to pay something but they help you and it fell in the borough that I was in which is Hillingdon and so yeah I literally looked into it signed up really quickly didn't even think twice did my level one in November I passed and then I just did my level two just now in February, started on Valentine's Day and finished on the Sunday. Um- and yeah, so it was just literally something that I had never thought of. It was from that lunch that I had with my friend of mine who, you know, who I said to her, I said, I really owe you that like, when I do my first lesson, I'm going to, I really want to take you out for lunch or dinner, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have thought about it. And actually, when I had that conversation with her and then I went away, it was like a sign from all different angles, because when I was at the Nuffield Health, I had lots of people asking me to train them to swim. And I just thought, wait, like, where is this? I've never had this conversation with people before and all of a sudden people are asking me to teach them to swim and it was just like a sign it was just a sign that you know I hadn't had a discussion with anybody apart from my my mum and that was it from there that I literally just um yeah I I just I mean even now I can't believe that I, you know I am very nearly level two qualified but I can't believe that I've taken that turn and how I really do love it because I never really loved swimming before
0: and I love that and I love so how having that open mind to possibilities just allowed you to go down that route it would have been so easy for you to have dismissed that and thought well I've never done anything like that before why should I do that but the fact that you have that open mind and the faith to think well actually I'm going to see where this takes me I love that and at 41 doing that is just brilliant
1: I know and I think that's the thing like I think I've had I think I've had like two change of careers near enough in late 30s 40s like from marketing to journalism to journalism to this and you know and I think that it just shows anything is possible and you know I've been able to turn my life around with fitness and see the results of that but it was yeah it was just I mean even now I think to myself I can't believe it because actually hadn't done this qualification it opens up so many doors and that's things like working abroad you know as a qual as a qualified swimming teacher you could go anywhere yeah. you know and you can't really do that if you're you know in in most jobs you know you have to wait for them to kind of. set but if you're a swimming teacher there is such a like, there's such a huge demand for more people to come forward and become swimming teachers especially this is where things are very different. They want people from diverse communities. They want people like me because I don't really know anybody. I never grew up seeing a Sikh teacher and I've never seen a Sikh teacher who's changed career in her 40s. I think I am probably the only Sikh woman that I know in my 40s who's become a swimming teacher. So there's such a, you know, there's a call out for people to to come forward. And I think now's the time I've made that mark. And this potentially could be something I could set up my own swimming school later on. And, you know, I've just got a vision of what I would really love to do. And I think that I really want to take this forward. And my biggest thing of what I really want to do is not about getting women in the pool lane swimming. Cause I mean, I just find that like, it can be really boring and it's quite dull. And I don't really think people 40 plus are really looking to, yeah, they want to get active, but there's swimming doesn't really make you burn lots of calories. It's good for you, but it's not as good as, say, running or other things. So my biggest thing is that actually I just want people to feel comfortable in the water. If they want to swim, they can learn all of those strokes. They can swim whichever stroke they feel if they want to do it with a noodle or a float, or they want to learn like some women just want to learn fun things like tumble turns and, and handstands and a dive and, you know, just fun stuff that you can do in the water and even bringing other women socially together to go for a swim, go for a coffee. That's what I want to do is that, you know, so you've got you've got the best of both worlds. So I really want to be able to make it something that's fun and interesting and not just get in the lane and start swimming because not even I do that. I'm not a big lane swimmer. You know, I, I did this big challenge for charity. I'm not doing it for me to be a lane swimmer. Yeah, I'd like to improve myself and, and do it, but that's not what I'm going to be promoting it for. I just want the water to be somewhere fun, safe, and for people to be able to know how to do the basics of you know that could potentially save their lives you know if you're going on holiday like treading water um sculling you know being able to have all these survival things that you should know floating that kind of stuff I just want people to know and to not be afraid of the deep end to make the deep end your best friend because it actually is it's how you are in the water and how you're able to keep yourself afloat is all you need to know in any water you know whether it's deep whatever it is you know you've got to be able to learn that skill and, and that's what I want to be able to do.
0: I love that. Make the deep end to your friend. I love that. That could equate to so much in life as well, couldn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, it could be. Really to yeah. embrace those kind of challenges in life and, and yeah, go for exactly. it and, yeah, and sit comfortably with it. And I do yeah. think water for lots of women that are maybe struggling with their body confidence really find it quite intimidating. And I can imagine even more so from a, from from an Asian community point of view, because you don't see the representation in swimming instructors, and it's not something that's been really encouraged in the past. I can imagine this really can be quite an intimidating place to go to a big swim pool. So having someone like you to create that ripple effect is so powerful.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. There's a lot of people that don't don't have that body confidence and even wearing swimwear, you know, yeah. because they want to be more covered up and, and I can understand that. I totally get it. And I think that's why I'm trying to share my pictures of different swimwear because not because I have that, it's not even that I have that body confidence. It's not, I'm not really where I want to be in my own, like the way that I feel about my body image, you know, but that's what I want to show people is it doesn't matter how you look really we should love ourselves for who we are social media has taken that way where we look at people that are really skinny and slim and we think that's how we should all look not really at the end of the day swimwear looks good on anyone you know at the end of the day and no one is really going to be judging you or labeling you just wear what you feel comfortable with and people are there to swim they're not going to be looking at you and what you're wearing and so that's why I'm trying to break that by sharing it on my own um, social media so that people think okay like she's from the Sikh community and actually you know she doesn't feel power I mean I did I did for a long time that's probably why I never swam you know I felt really awkward in certain swimwear like my mum was saying to me the other day she said oh, I can't believe like how you've changed because if the costume was too high you would never wear it if it was you'd always want to wear your shorts my mum was saying this to me and whereas my mum's always been confident and she you know she's just kind of got on with it I think for, for me my mum was my inspiration for somebody who's in her 70s and from the community you know, she's never cared. She's loved swimming, and she's always loved it. My dad taught my mum to swim, so that's my inspiration, and I think that's what I want other people to feel: is to feel comfortable, and to not worry about how you look. You know, with your with your cap and your goggles. Like I remember a friend of mine. She's like, oh god, this looks so silly on me. I can't believe I'm wearing this cap. People even wearing a swimming cap. Don't like that look. It's about how they look, and I'm trying to. break I mean, I don't like the way that I look. Mm. I think I look really funny, but I think it's hilarious. It's quite funny actually being in the swimming cap and cock I mean, no I one, thought, no oh. one
0: looks their best in the swimming cap. No,
1: but I think you know what? It's quite nice because it's just funny. I feel like I look like a bit of a, an alien, you know. But it's funny. I think I'm just trying to make it fun. That look. It doesn't matter how we look. We're here to swim, and you know. It, Don't worry about what other people think. I think that's the thing we get caught up in. What do other people think? In fact, who cares what other people think? They're not, you know, they're not living our life, right? So do what makes you happy and forget about anybody else.
0: Has this made you become and feel braver in all other aspects of of your life than taking this next challenge and learning how to swim and doing the diving? I've been seeing you on Instagram doing your diving. And has that made you feel braver overall in your whole attitude to life?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I like. I, I literally do live by that, that, you know, motto of, I don't really care what people think. And I'm not, and I know, like, you know, I was saying this to my mum yesterday, people, you know, obviously I'm, I'm looking to meet someone. And I was saying to my mum, actually, I think probably somebody seeks, from the Sikh community would not want to be with somebody like me because I show pictures in my swimwear and I'm doing all the stuff that not really many people have ever done before but I said to my mum I don't really care because actually I don't really know if I'd want to meet somebody in the community anyway unless that person is very open-minded because our faith teaches us to not judge to not label you need know, to do good I'm not doing anything wrong you're in the swimming pool you wear swimwear right it's not like you're not wearing nothing you're wearing the swimwear And I want to break that taboo of how you look and what you wear because it's swimwear, right? So and my mum was like, yeah, she goes, you're probably right, actually. She goes, because a lot of, she goes, but it's good because you're putting out there who you are and you're going to attract the person who is going to accept you for you. And that's the thing for so long, it's been very much, you've got to fit into the criteria of what the community want and you've got to fit in to be a certain way. You're not really yourself, you know, because you want to be accepted by the community or you I don't want to be accepted. You know, I've got my dad who for me is an inspiration, who's on the path. He's spiritual. My dad's supporting me through my swimming journey. Never said to me anything about swimwear or anything. If my dad's not saying it, I don't really care what other people say, right? And you know, I, you know, I lost a friend of mine recently, um, Good Deep, who I never really got to share my swimming story with. And he was in his late, I think he was 59. And he was a swimmer and I was talking to his wife and she was like, Yeah, good deep used to swim all the time and she used to swim. And I said to her, said if he was here now, he would be somebody who's and he's from the Sikh community, very well respected. He'd be pushing me. He'd say do you know what, carry on doing what you need to do, because what you're doing is you're encouraging people to take up the sport, which isn't really something that people do. So that keeps me going. You know, I've got this voice in my head and I think, you know, because Gurdeep was for me a mentor and a role model. And I always think, and I talk to him like myself and I think, well, what would he say? Well, he'd say carry on. So actually I'm going to carry on because he was very much about being quite, you know, unique and doing something different and not doing what the community want you to do, but as long as you're doing good, do it. And so for me, it's like actually, no, I don't really care about this. I feel much like I feel happier in myself because I know what I'm trying to do is make a change. And I can see that change because I have lots of women contacting me saying, we want to learn. We want to learn to swim. I, you know even men, I've had some men who wear turbans that have contacted me to say we'd like to learn to swim. So obviously it's making a difference, right? It's something that's needed. Why all of a sudden have I got like 30 or 40 people you know, and I haven't even started teaching yet. Are contacting me? Where were they before? Because they never felt comfortable. Because they never saw anybody like them. So if I can make a change and people start swimming and it helps them mentally and with their health, then you're doing a good thing. Because you know, I don't want to leave this world not making a difference in people's lives. I want to be able to do something to give back.
0: And you, know yeah, this is not the first time that you're being quite vocal about how you feel as well, like, which is that sense of freedom I guess comes from being able to use your voice because you have mentioned the fact that you got divorced what, 14, 15 years ago and I've interviewed lots of women recently about going through a divorce and dating after 40 and you've got this extra layer that lots of us don't have to worry about the fact that you know in, in the Sikh community divorce from for a woman is much harder to find love second time around isn't it so yeah. you've been quite vocal about sharing that story which I think Again, is pushing those boundaries, isn't it, and making change?
1: Yeah, because I feel you know, as um, somebody from the Sikh community, our faith never judges you. It doesn't, you know, our guru, from our first guru to our tenth guru, you know, to the holy scriptures, the Guru Granth Sahib does not judge or label anyone. So, you know, our gurus would not judge. Women or men for being divorced, right? They say it as it is, and yes, you know, you know, it's a it's a bond between uh, two people who become one with God, and I understand that. But you know, divorce is something we shouldn't really, shouldn't be something that we think of. But it happens, right? You get divorced. But I'll, I feel that you know, because my faith means a lot to me. You know, I know my gurus would not judge me, so who's the community to judge me? You know, they don't. They're not living my life, and I don't really care what they think, because actually, I wouldn't want to be with somebody in the community who is judgmental. Because my faith means a lot to me. And if you're on the path of faith, of that, if you're on that path where you understand what your faith is telling you, which is not to judge, it's to accept people for who they are. You know, no one is actually right or wrong. Everyone is one. You know, we're all part of one human race. It doesn't matter what religion you are, you know, or what caste, creed anybody is. It's about accepting and being there and showing that love. And they're the kind of people I want in my life. So I talk about it because I think, honestly, for so long, I've had to really you've just had to mold yourself to be able to be accepted by the community i don't need the community's acceptance i just don't need it and i'm not interested in it i want people in my life that are genuine people that you know, are like you and want to do good. And, you know, they're the kind of people that I want. So I think that's why I talk about it is because for for so long, I really couldn't. And, you know, when I got divorced, it it was a massive taboo then, you know, and I couldn't even, like even when I was going to the Godwara, they only really had very few people divorced and they wouldn't introduce me to people that were not divorced. Whereas now things have changed. So many people are getting divorced. So now it's like tables have turned and people don't judge you. But actually, when I got divorced, you were judging, and for so long it made a big impact in my life because I couldn't meet anybody in the community. But I think it's true with these, like with having supportive parents and the changing career and meeting the people that I meet. Divorce is not the first thing that people don't care you know genuine people don't care if you're divorced and people outside of my community really don't care they don't ask you about your status or why you're still single or don't you want to get married and these ridiculous questions that you get from people don't you want to have children you know and you just think to yourself there's so much more to life then you know marriage and children and yeah I, of course I want to meet somebody and of course I want to have children but I also believe what is meant to be will be and if it's meant to be for me it will and if it doesn't that's fine because there's other things you can do you can adopt children you can foster a child there's so many things you can do there is always some a solution for everything and I think that you know we very much feel in the community is a case of you've got to do it this way or otherwise if you're out of that kind of you know that regimented way or if you're 14 you're single or you know oh my god you know you know it's just like I just find it really I just yeah I just think it's just ridiculous to be honest and I think for me I just want to be free you know life is very short and you should live it the way you want to live it and as long as you're not doing any harm to anybody people should just let you be and carry on as you are
0: absolutely and I know that you've been um, documented the fact that you started doing in park rooms as well
1: um, yeah and that's
0: a great way to meet people not necessarily even if you're looking for dating but it's a great way as an older single woman to, to link up with different people isn't it how's that going yeah
1: oh it's really good it's really fun I love the park run I meet such a lovely community there you know I was at I was at the park run on the weekend and you know I met um, someone there who was telling me about some other runs that they do in the week and they do like drills and uh, speed and all this other stuff like that so you do meet other people and they tell you about other things that they're involved in so it's brilliant it's like having a family at the park run you know it's a really lovely community feeling and then you know you can go for a coffee afterwards so it's really nice that you know made lots of friends and now I you know on my way of going to different different park runs and building that and just yeah meeting different people I think that's what actually makes you feel there is a whole big world out there yeah. you know and there are so many nice people out there who are just interested in just you and what you do rather than you know your status or anything else so it's really fun I love yeah I love all these activities that I'm doing especially anything around fitness it just is so good for your mental health yeah
0: and is it like were you were you a runner before all this or is this yet again a new kind of passion that you found
1: yeah, I've never really, I mean, I have I have ran before, but it's just very intermittent, like here and there. Um, I think the last run that I did was when I did a half marathon, I think, with my dad. And that was probably in 2000, 2018. I can't remember when it was. But even then, I was so slow. And I kept, I remember my dad was right behind me because he was just checking that I was okay. So he could have gone much more faster. I just didn't enjoy it. I did not enjoy running. My dad loves running. And obviously, he did his first full marathon I mean I don't think I could even do a full but I have signed up for half a marathon yeah a friend of mine from the gym Bob who's the person I started running with so he's 73 yeah and so you know and so yeah no it wasn't it was just because my dad's a big runner and the park run was so much fun I started running with my friend Bob at the gym and started this little running club of ours that grew and it got lots more people that joined in and would run together. That got me back into running. So then I started getting back to the park ground and then I, you know, I was doing t- I did a 10 kilometre this morning as well after a long time I hadn't been well for the past three weeks. So it's something that I, yeah, I've actually fallen in love with running. I think it's amazing. Like I love it, but I never did before. I love
0: that. I love the fact that you, you seem to be creating these ripples of, Building communities wherever you go, in week, which is really, really positive. I know that we really need more you. people like that. Have you oh. got any kind of long term goals of how you really would like to? Obviously, you want to get the the, the swimming coaching built up, and the business built up, but what you kind of what you set your sights on?
1: I think, do you know what? I definitely want to do more around um health and fitness, but not this athletic type of fitness. Or you know what we see on social media, people with these really slim bodies. I, that not. I just want exercise to be fun because that's what drew me in I think like you said it's because I like meeting new people I like building new communities and I like doing stuff activities with people so I'm not one just to sit down and go for a coffee but it's nice if you've gone for a run come back do a bit of sauna and steam and then you go for a coffee so I think for me it's building those kind of communities of somebody you know who maybe might be on their own or somebody's going for something difficult in their life or you know they might not be they might just be really happy but they just need an activity in a community to join I just want people to be able to come together because it can be quite daunting when you're starting out running on your own, swimming on your own, walking on your own. You know, and it's quite boring. So I think for me, I would love to be able to have my own club of some sort, whether that's like running one day, swimming one day, cycling one day walking one day I would love to be able to do that and just definitely encourage I mean encourage everybody but the biggest focus for me would be the South Asian community because our food's not very healthy we don't put exercise at the forefront and I think that needs to turn my parents have always put exercise first and they've encouraged it in us and you know and I didn't until my 40s has that changed, you know, that's really late. And I think whereas, you know, my mum and dad are more fitter than me, like they're really, they still are more fitter than me because they've kept it up all their lives. So I've got a lot of catching up to do. And I think, you know, that makes me realise how health is your wealth. So I think I'd love to take this health and fitness forward. If I could make it into a business opportunity and then do a lot of selfless service with it, I'd be happy doing that because it's such a rewarding thing to do. You know, I love it myself and I'd love to share that happiness with other people.
0: Well, keep doing what you're doing, and I shall watch you grow. So, where will you actually be, kind of fully qualified to start doing lessons? Not long to go, I think.
1: For swimming. Yes. Oh, so hopefully this week I hear back oh. from the last. Um, yeah, the last couple of bits that I've added that I've sent off for my theory. So hopefully, hopefully by the end of this week I should know. Um, I passed the practical, so it's just yeah. the theory that's left to do. So, yeah. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed.
0: So my last four questions that I ask all my guests. Do you have a book that's, that's really kind of touched you and left a mark on you?
1: Um, that's really interesting because I'm, I'm not a big reader, but but I was reading um, Lily Singh Superwoman, Like a Boss, um, or oh, How to Be... I can't remember what the, the name was of it, but it's Lily Singh's, the book that she... I'm just going to have a quick look. Hold on, a second. How to Be a Boss. Yeah, How, how to, to Be... be, be yeah, How to Be... But it's B-A-W-S-E, How to Be a but I don't know how she says it but I'll just look at it as how to be a boss because that's that's, yeah so that really I read that while I wasn't feeling well in these last um, few weeks and that really inspired me because to listen to her journey as a woman again you know from a woman of colour and you know started off with YouTube and that really it was brilliant because it hit me and it just made me realise all the things that we need to do and keep going things don't just fall on a plate you have to work hard for it you know and so that that was a brilliant book and I really enjoyed reading that and I'm, I'm nearly on the last few chapters of that so that was really good
0: Brilliant I shall add that to the list and what about
1: yes. a piece of music or a song that's, that motivates you? Oh, cool. Have you got a favourite
0: running song?
1: Do you know what's really funny? So it's not, I don't actually listen to music when I'm running, but I do put my prayers on. So that what I do like is my meditation. It's like Guru Simran, in, which I listen to. And it's just like a, like a chant, kind of. It's just Vahiguru, which means Wonderful God. That really, I always listen to that when I'm running. So I can always send you a link yes, to what please, I do. Yeah, do. You. Yeah, that'd be I, fantastic.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And that's I would, I suspect me, just... I suspect I know the answer to this next question. Who inspires you?
1: And my parents.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and my faith. It's a combination of both. I think I've got to say, yeah, my definitely my faith and my parents.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you've had amazing role models growing up.
1: Yeah, they definitely are. They're so supportive. I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I'm doing if my parents weren't the way that they were. If they were these parents that were very much old school, traditional and like very much, oh no, you've got to be married and have children. They never did that. They never forced things upon us. They said, whatever you do, do it well and don't hurt anyone and just do what you can for others because you know what, we can't say anything else and live an honest life.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And what about if you could pay yourself a compliment, what would it be?
1: Mm, it's hard isn't it you never end it up I'm no, uh-huh. trying to yeah. encourage
0: women to be kinder to themselves and really stop yeah. thinking about it. And it's the one question that always stumps women
1: I know I think if I could pay myself a compliment I think probably the fact that I don't give up I mean I get to the point of about to give up and then I just kick myself or well, my mum says something to me and it's like actually yeah it's true I'm not going to give up I'm going to keep on going Is the fact that I'm determined and you know I'm yeah I'm very much um, a persevere you know, and I've got to be tenacious to continue going. And I think that's the thing, never give up. Uh, You know, I I think that's something I won't give up. And I'm not, you know, I'm just going to continue going and hopefully make some changes.
0: Good, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And how can people find you, Minreet? What's the best way for them to follow you on social media?
1: So on Twitter, it's MinCore5. And on Instagram, Facebook, just minreetcore Core. And LinkedIn as well so yeah well
0: good luck with everything I can't wait to to see the swimming lessons and, and the, what an amazing feeling it will be to to see that first group of women actually learn to swim and be more confident in the water That'll yeah be so rewarding won't it
1: I know it will be I can't wait I really can't wait to get a nice picture of all of us in our swimwear can you imagine that'd be right. amazing yeah
0: really well thank so, you yeah. just thank you so much It'd been awesome pleasure talking to you really interesting thank you,
1: thank you, having thank, me. you. thank you for you thank
0: you pleasure thank you What another great, inspiring story to share on the Out of the Bubble podcast. I just love hearing all these women's stories because they really do keep you inspired and that feeling of keeping an open mind because you just don't know where it's going to take you. And Minri could never have imagined that she would end up being from journalism to really following her passion for swimming and becoming a swimming instructor in her 40s. Love hearing these stories, so keep them coming. And, you know, as Minri also said, to get comfortable being in the deep end. So make the deep end your best friend. I think that can be applied to all areas of life. Stepping out of your comfort zone later in life can be scary and there is fear there. But if we push past that and learn to sit with it, then you can achieve so much more in this next chapter. And I think Minwit is a great example of that. So I will be back with more inspiration next week. But in the meantime, have a great week. Keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Outer Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join our fabulous group of women in the free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at RachelPeru1. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. And don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and with you your
1: support is much appreciated
0: until next time keep being fabulous.